Welcome to the October 14th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody who's recently followed the podcast on Spotify. I'm just about to go to uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, and if you haven't already, I would love you to click follow. I would also love if you could share it with your friends. We're trying to build a bit of a community here. So be really keen to get to the 30 follower mark sooner rather than later. So thank you in advance for all of your support. As of a couple of days ago, we have an NBA champion. So congratulations to the LA Lakers. I thought it was a pretty decent series and game six was probably the only blowout. I thought Miami fought really hard um, and took it to LeBron and Davis. But in the end, obviously, the, the superstar duo got the job done. Last week on the pod, I said that I was going to do a bit of a deep dive into a couple of the non-bubble sides. I think I might have said Phoenix or New York, but I'm actually going to to do a, a bit of a double up this week and do a Miami deep dive into next year and LA dive into next year as well. Two reasons for that. Obviously, the the finals are, are quite recent, so I wanted to discuss some players who've played really, really fantastic during the playoffs, also some who maybe didn't as much. The other reason is that next week we're going to have a bit of a guest on the podcast, which is pretty cool, and we're going to go through uh, way too early top 10, maybe top 20 if we have time, and just get a little bit of a taster for everybody to get excited for next draft season. So starting off with the champs, the Lakers, really, they do just consist of LeBron and AD and a bunch of role players. As much as there were some good performances, it was really just those two um, all season long. They were the only ones who were fantasy relevant in most leagues, and I would suspect the same would happen again next year. More or less this year, the starting lineup was LeBron, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee. Avery Bradley wasn't in the playoffs, wasn't in Orlando at all, so it was replaced with KCP, who I thought played pretty fantastic, but again, not overly relevant. Moving forward, I think Davis will sign a monster extension and stay in LA. And I think they'll also go after another big fish. Danny Green has got 15 million and one year left in his contract. KCP's also got one year left and I think about eight and a half million left. Um, I think they'll try and flip both of those players. Plus maybe Kuzma, who's not being paid much, but he would be a bit of a sweetener and maybe go after somebody like Oladipo, somebody who would kind of fit into a low usage role, good on defense, can hit a three. I think that's the sort of player that, they're, that they'd be after. When that eventuates, I will go into it a bit more. But until then, let's talk as though nothing's going to happen, I suppose. Avery Bradley, Danny Green, KCP, Alex Caruso, all very similar players, all good streaming players for fantasy. They all hustle hard on defense. They all hit corner threes. In Danny Green's case, can't hit an open three to win a game. And if the Lakers are going into a four or five game week, I'll be picking up one of those guys off the waivers, setting them into your lineup. They won't produce for you every single game, but they'll have they'll certainly have games where they'll get 20 points, two or three triples, a couple of steals, and kind of even out that average. Going back to Danny Green's shot uh, to win game five. Pretty disappointing. Uh, it doesn't matter too much given that they won the, the championship in the end, but I kind of feel like it hurts his legacy a bit. I always thought of him as someone who shows up in the playoffs, someone who hits big shots when it counts, 
and maybe 10 years or so, the Game 5 shot will all be forgotten and he'll still be known as somebody who has won three championships, maybe more, on three different teams. But for now, I don't know. It's a little disappointing. I feel silly feeling bad for him given that he's on $15 million to play basketball and he's just won a championship. But I don't know. I, I feel as though deep down he's going to be a bit disappointed in himself. So LeBron James, father time, the GOAT in year 17. He was pretty awesome. 25.3 points, a career high, 2.2 in triples, 7.8 rebounds. He led the league with 10.2 assists, 1.2 steals, half a block on 49% from the field and 70% from the line and was ranked top 10 for the year in fantasy value. Personally, I thought this year he would regress a little bit, um, would regress into some sort of a, a normal human being, but he instead remained a superhuman. Maybe next year's the one that he takes a foot off the pedal. I, I don't think it, he will, though. I think injury is the only thing that will stop him. But for argument's sake, if they do get another player in, Anthony Davis signs a big contract. He's going to be chasing a, uh, an MVP himself. So let's say age 36, let's say his game drops by 20% for argument's sake, just to kind of play a bit of devil's advocate. That would give him roughly 20 points, give him 1.8 triples, six boards, eight assists, still with 50% from the field. That was actually Jokic's season this year. Jokic obviously has a better free throw. He has a few more boards than that, but it's still elite and it's still top 15 value. My biggest hesitation is not with LeBron's output. That's always going to happen. It's with his health. I think... He's going to continue chasing accolades. He wants to be you know, top in scoring, top in assists, top in games played, top in minutes. So I don't imagine that he'll be rested too much. But if he does go down with an injury, I think that's a bit of game over. I think he'll be held out for longer than necessary. They won't risk him coming back. And that's a concern for me. Obviously, if that doesn't concern you, go for it. Uh, I, I'd be looking at him late first round. I don't know. He he doesn't come without risking his production as well, I probably should say. There are weaknesses to his game, his free throw being his biggest. But I think if you can overcome that and he stays healthy, he's going to be a weapon again at 36 years old. Incredible. Anthony Davis, the Robin to James's Batman, or the other way around, depending on your outlook. He went early in pretty much every draft last year. And I would say that he was worth it. He had 26 points. He had 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.2 triples. My favorite, 1.5 steals and 2.3 blocks on 50% shooting from the field and 85% from the line. He was truly awesome. He, he really, really was. And it's exactly what you want from your first pick. He has always had a few concerns about his injury history, I suppose. But I think he's proven that he is durable and he does play games. He's gone 75, 75, 56 the year before last and 62 this year. 62, it doesn't sound great, but keep in mind, is a shorter season. He only did miss seven games. So I personally think he's pretty durable these days. What I will caveat that with is that he does love giving his owners a bit of a heart attack each game. I think if there was a stat for time spent in the locker room during a game, he'd be leading that stat comfortably. He'll roll an ankle, he'll hurt his shoulder, he'll go to the locker room, spend five minutes in there, come back. Every single time you think, is this the injury that's going to put him out for a month? But he comes back and he keeps playing and he puts up monster stats. 
next year, I think it's going to be more of the same. I think there could even be a little bit of an uptick in points and workload if LeBron does ease up a touch. And if they bring in another player, I think between Davis and LeBron, LeBron's the person that I think will ease up more than Davis. Either way, I think he's a top two pick every single day of the week. Doesn't hurt you anywhere. And is a really, really great starting player for any direction you want to go in your draft. On to Miami. I loved watching these guys play. Regardless of the team that they played against, they came in as the underdogs and they absolutely loved it. They hustled hard, played great team basketball, and they played with confidence. And, I mean, (laughs) depending on who you ask, maybe a little bit too much confidence. But there is plenty to love about this side going forward and they have cap money to go after another star. Dragic, Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder, and Myers Leonard, they're all going to be free agents. I don't see Miami retaining any of them because I think they will probably, all of them, maybe besides Solomon Hill, will be asking for more or similar money to what they're currently on. I could see them going after a Jeremy Grant to compliment Bam style of play to, and to fill Crowder spot a bit. It'd kind of be a bit of a Crowder 2.0, I suppose. I think next year they'll start with Tyler Hero at point. Duncan Robertson at shooting, Jimmy Butler at three, someone other than Crowder at four, and Bam at five. I don't think there's any point talking about the power forward slot because if it is Jay Crowder, he's not really fantasy relevant and I don't really know who is going to fill that spot. So it'd be a bit of a mute point. There is rumors of Giannis, um, supposedly their front runners to get Giannis. Obviously, that would make them elite. It would also hurt their three-point production, so I'm not too sure about that. There's also rumors of Drew Holiday as well. Obviously, he wouldn't go into the into the four slot, but it's still an interesting watch. I I love Drew Holiday. I think he would fit into any side, and Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler as a potential one and two or two and three defensive unit is awesome. Having Bam behind that just Incredible. Back to the matter at hand though, Tyler Hero. He really did make a name for himself inside the bubble and during the playoff run. He was a sleeper that didn't pay off for me this year and I suspect that he'll be probably overdrafted next year. I'll probably be one of those people that contribute to that for the season, including the playoffs because that's where he made a a bit of a leap. His numbers were 14.2 points, 2.2 triples, 4.3 boards, 2.6 assists and point six steals on 43% from the field and 87% from the line. Not too much to write home about there, but there is a lot to love about his situation. And that's where the best sleepers come from. Players who have maybe underperformed that get thrown into a much better situation than they were the previous year. Dragic, as I mentioned, probably isn't coming back. Hero only played 29 minutes per game in a backup role and his usage rate was only 22 And it was only his rookie season. I have had a lot of fun having a look at Tyler Hero stats and comparing them to players at a similar stage in their careers going back a few years. And I found it was very, very similar to Devin Booker. In fact, it was almost identical, a lot of the stats across the board. Year two, as a sophomore, Booker exploded for 22 points. Not much really changed in anything else, but the big reason for his explosion in points was because he got more minutes. He went from 27 to 36, and he got more touches, obviously. I think his shots almost doubled. 
Am I going to say that Tyler Hero is the next Devin Booker? No. Am I going to say that he's going to explode for 22 points next year? No. All I'm saying is that he has that potential. He is very, very confident in his ability. Miami absolutely love him. Jimmy Butler absolutely loves him. And I think that he'll get every opportunity to prove himself early next year. And he could be an absolute steal. We'll go into the ADPs and we'll go into the sleepers in a few months. But right now, in a vacuum, where would I take Tyler Hero? If he's still there at 70, that's where I'll take him. I think it's worth the risk at that point. It's not a true sleeper, but he has the ability to outperform that by yeah, 30 positions. Duncan Robertson, he'll line up at shooting guard again. He's purely a three-point specialist. I personally don't love players like that. If you do, go ahead, eat him up. You know what his role is going to be. The only thing I'll say about Duncan Robinson is every single person on Twitter is talking about how he's the new Clay Thompson. He's the best three-point specialist of all time. He's going to be better than Steph Curry, all this sort of stuff. He isn't. I doubt he's going to ever be that. He will get shown up whenever Golden State come back next year and they show you what three-point shooting is like. Jimmy Butler, the man that nearly dethroned LeBron James, was incredible this finals. He played all bar maybe eight minutes in the last three games. He was an absolute juggernaut. He just went beast mode. He had a great season as well. He went for 20 points, six boards, six assists, 1.8 steals. Awesome. 0.6 blocks, 0.6 triples on 45% shooting from the field on 83% from the line. Obviously, those numbers are pretty good, but I do have some concerns around that. There were a number of games where he would take five, six shots a game and come away with four points and just distribute the ball. He'd probably have double digits in assists, but it's a little bit frustrating to see. He also doesn't take or make threes either, and he's got a bit of an injury history when it comes to his knees. A little bit concerning. If we were playing you know, crunch time fantasy basketball or NBA finals basketball, Jimmy Butler would go top five. I have no doubt about that. He loves to come and play for those moments. But over the course of the season, I don't necessarily trust his per game value and his health to go with that, if that makes sense. I know that if we were to look at his stats over the course of a month, he would get his 26 and 6 with a couple of steals. But he could have one game, as I mentioned, where he could go for 30 points on 70% shooting. He could also have another game where he puts up six shots, makes one of them, and goes for eight assists. I think next year he'll be drafted in the top 20 again, and rightfully so, based on those numbers. But I don't necessarily see those stats improving. I only see them saying the same or dropping off as he looks to get his young playmakers involved a bit more. Finally, Bam Adebayo. He was on my sleeper list this year. And he was also my biggest regret. I didn't pull the trigger quickly enough for him. And then I spent the entire season pestering everybody who owned him to give him to me. Didn't work. All I did was annoy people. So if I can give you some advice, if you've got somebody who's high on your sleeper list, make sure you get them. If it doesn't pay off, fine. But if it does pay off, you can demand a king's ransom for him. He had 16 points. 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.8 blocks on 56% shooting and 70% from the line. I had massive FOMO this year and I'll be reaching for him all day next season. Big men who pass, yes please. 
He playmakes from the top of the key. He can beat his opposing number off the dribble. And he's just great to watch as well. I, I, I just absolutely love the way he plays the game. I think he's only going to get better. I genuinely think he could put up you know, 20 points, six assists, still with his 10 boards. I think that he can get to one and a half steals and one and a half blocks. He also has a lovely shooting stroke. So I think his free throw will increase. And with that, he may get some license to shoot some triples if the defense sags of him at the top while he's creating. I don't know how well that's going to go, but I would like to see him take a couple. If I'm on the clock, where would I take him? I would take, I'd be taking him above Butler, that's for sure. I would probably take him in the 12 to 15 mark. If you're playing in a, if you're playing in a 12-man league and you've got you know, the last pick there and you, you want to kind of turn the corner with a 12 and 13, and go with Bam and Bam and somebody like Ben Simmons. That's a pretty solid start. Or if you're in a ten man league and you've got pick seven and you can somehow get Dame Lillard or Luke Doncic or Trey Young and then come back for Bam. I mean, that's also another solid start. I'm gonna finish on a hot take and feel free, people can remind me of this all year, but I think he's gonna have a better season than Nikola Jokic. I think he's got the aggression, he's got the drive, he's got the competitiveness, he's got the, the figure. Jokic always comes into the season a little bit tubby to have a better season than Jokic. Feel free to correct me throughout the year. Don't care. I'm going to go off with that. So there we go. All right, guys. That's all I've got for you. I'm very, very excited to go into the top 20 podcast next week. So tune in for that one. Also, if you can share this with the people that you know, that would also be very much appreciated. As always, if you have any questions or comments, shoot them through to fantasylandbasketball at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Mark Fantasyland. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.